Hey guys, to watch the first half of this live episode, the direct YouTube link is in this episode's show notes. Enjoy! Hey, you guys! Welcome to I Love Green Guide Letters, the podcast where we talk about the letters to the age newspapers, television and radio lift out the Green Guide. I am Steel Saunders. And I do love those Green Guide letters! It is good to be back mere hours after the last I Love Green Guide Letters episode. It is killing me, but it is good fun. Uh, On the first night, I was complaining that the age that the Green Guide contained did cost $3, but I have been able to bring it on stage three times in three days, so I'm getting value for money. Take that, Fairfax Media. I have to wonder why you sit in the very back corner of every show. <laughs> uh, I'm tall and I don't want to sit in front of anyone. Okay, that is... I feel bad now. Uh... <laughs> you must feel like a real prick. <laughs> well, isn't that what podcasting's about? It's super good to be back. I always say when people ask what I do podcasts about, and I, if you were at the episode that we just did, the Steel Wars episode, I always used to say, I do one show about Star Wars, and then I do another show about petty complaints. <laughs> but after the last Steel Wars episode we just recorded, I now realise I do two podcasts <laughs> about petty complaints. <laughs> What does that say about me? What does that say about me? What is on your t-shirt? Ice Coffee Podcast. Do you really... Is it, is it about your podcast? Yes. And you do a podcast about ice coffee? It's about the history of Antarctica. The history of Antarctica. <laughs> I'm going to have to call false advertising. <laughs> Where does the coffee come involved? Did you actually do that? All right, well, you're way more interesting than... (laughs) Hey, settle the fuck down. How long were you there for? Generally go. So you just, like, whip down there now and then. Fuck, you wouldn't want to get that on an Uber search, but... How many times have you been there? Nine. Okay, have you met a penguin? Yes. Oh, how many? Hundreds. Hundreds of penguins. They're like porgs? Okay, you're winning me over with these references. Thank you for dumbing it down to my level. All right, very cool. So what do you, like, so how many episodes have you done on your podcast? 60 episodes. And what sort of, like, what, like... How much other stuff can you talk about that it's it's cold and white and there's porks? Okay. Alright, there's cannibalism and sexy times. I wanna listen to the episode where they meet. And you eat a really hot dude. That would be 
That would be cool. All right, and it's called the Ice Coffee Podcast. All right, well, if you want to listen to a podcast that's actually about something... <laughs> that said, you might be missing the point of podcasting, so... <laughs> Go make a documentary, you smug asshole. But, uh... <laughs> whatever, whatever. Welcome, sir. Hey. Did, uh, can I just ask, did they check your backpack? Did the security check your backpack? Okay, well, I'm the security, so, um... I don't know. I don't know if in the backpack I'll find cannibalism or sexy times, but... So, we'll leave that there. But how about we bring up our guests? All the way from episode number one. And why has he blossomed into the showbiz dynamo that he is? Round of applause for my great friend, Luke McGregor! Also returning from the very first time from one of our first ten episodes, you love his music in song for Kate, it's Paul Dempsey! And the undisputed king of Australian podcasting that doesn't host The Bachelor, it's Will Anderson! Hey guys. Hello, hello, hi. Um, I'm sorry I didn't say hello to everyone as I walked up the stairs too, I just kind of walked up the stairs. I didn't know where to say hello to everyone, then I got nervous, I just walked. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, I, I freaked out some people who were in front of me because they were loudly having a conversation about listening to my podcast and how they heard my voice everywhere. And I said, you're probably hearing it right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's a true story, isn't it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you got to do anything, man, to, to, like, to get the content out there. It's a real-life podcast. That's a live one for you guys. <laughs> And uh, how have you ruined the guests, uh, the audience's day? Paul? I think I freaked everyone out because they said, why is that not funny guy here? <laughs> Paul, would you have a sample um, Steele's I do on one of your records? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, no, I, I considered that for, yeah, three seconds and no. Okay, no fair enough. Yeah. I did name your first EP though. He did, that's true. Uh, I, I, I put the question out to uh, Steele what we should call our EP and what, and what should we put on the cover and he said the answer to both your questions porn uh, and I just dropped the porn bit and we called it the answer to both your questions so, <laughs> so he did he did give us the title true story that's great pretty elegant guys but this was a different time this is mid 90s where answering anything with the word porn was it was pretty funny, okay? So, they were different. It was before the internet, so... I, I don't even think I'd seen porn at this point. <laughs> it was I something actually, you heard about. No, I actually... The first time I ever saw porn was at a friend's house party. Um, he was filming one, or...? <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Black. To school with. Mr. Black. What? Oh, yeah. All right, here we go. Yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> so, right. Pa her parents had gone away... 
for the weekend. So we had a house party at their house. It was in high school. And they'd gotten into the parents' porn stash, but they were watching with two dudes in tank tops on like a little gym mat. And they were going at it. And uh, they kept their tank tops on. Yeah, because it's classy, right? <laughs> just flapping about. <laughs> and I remember just going, I just couldn't imagine a world in that someone's well, parents... Well, you could look at Mr. Black. Was the same way. Or mum. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was, I was, yeah, when I, was I the first time that. you watched porn with your parents, Luke? Uh, it was actually last Tuesday, if I need to bring it up. Uh, I think I... I, I remember discovering Dad's magazines. He just had these... Uh, it was just women naked on, on motorbikes. And I'm like, that looks just so impractical. And then as I got older... <laughs> You'll never uh, catch them. Yeah. As, as, I, as I got older, I realised, oh, there's more to it than, than this. Uh, that, uh, yeah. <laughs> it was... And the first porn film I watched... I'm, now I'm, I'm oversharing now. I don't know why. I, know, I, I should have just stopped. But now I... <laughs> Was a, was like a was Dude, like a. You don't have a career without oversharing. Yeah, true. <laughs> That's your thing. Um, was a was a, it was a it was a pizza delivery guy delivered the pizza and then um, she couldn't pay and they had sex and then years later I became a pizza delivery driver and it was very very different. It was. Uh, <laughs> 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 yeah. You kept you kept bringing an extra pizza. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, you haven't paid for this one. No, no nothing. There was. Uh, That's I what you always dream of, right? If you're in one of those sort of jobs, that there will be some like. So I once had one that kind of you know, not quite to that degree, but you know, almost the fantasy of what you imagine it would be. So I delivered the census. Like it was a good job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, <laughs> it was like a door-to-door thing. You know, this was back. You know, when I was living in Melbourne the first time, so this is going to be like 16, 17 years ago, something like that, and so you had to go door to door and deliver the census and kind of explain to people what the census was about and that you would come back and do it, and uh, it was mostly very boring, and I lived in the Carlton area, so I was mostly trying to deal with people who had English as a second language and explain why the government wanted their details, which was terrifying to them because they'd fled their own countries because fled, of that yeah. exact reason, <laughs> so, uh, and so I was doing that, and then one day I interrupted a threesome, and... I know that because the, do- the guy had left the door open with the two other people proudly on the fucking bed waiting for him to come back. He just had a towel around his waist. <laughs> and I was like, why did you stop to answer the door? Is that not something you just go, let's pretend there's no one home in this situation? But he proudly went to the front door and opened it up and showed off what was happening. So I'll just go and see if they're sexy. Yeah. Uh, I was not invited in. <laughs> and I was like, I'm not sure what box on the census you tick for this one, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't afford pizza. <laughs> what, what was the makeup of the threesome? There was two girls in the bed, and then there was one guy at the front door. Yeah. So maybe he wanted backup. Yeah. This is probably too personal, but has anyone here had one? No. A census form? <laughs> <laughs> yes, feel free to answer. Uh, I reckon Steele has, and he put his religion as Jedi. <laughs> 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 I didn't. I didn't. I don't, think pe- I don't think people should do that. I think it skews the statistical number. Like my 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 nerd reason for not being a nerd is yep. ultra nerdy, and I think they should, you know, let's just mark it down as nothing. No religion. Yes. Yes. Instead of dude that hasn't left his house for several months. That is, <laughs> we can find that through other ways. Through other ways. Are there are there force? Um, just like pe- people who like preach the force. They don't have the force, but they just like go around. And there's like a church of the. 
so in the, in the, I'm talking about the movie universe. Is there actually like, like a force and it's a church and people go to... But they're not Jedi, so they just, they're a big fan. Yeah, <laughs> there, there, is, there is several people that have come to both podcasts that are currently thinking there is literally a group called the Church of the Force. Uh. At the start of uh, The Force Awakens, that guy Lawson Tecker, you know, the old man that gives him the thing, he was in the Church of the Force. Would you like to sign up? Sure. Huh? Do they have the equivalent of like the crazy people who just stand in the mall and shout at you about Jesus? Is there like <laughs> in local malls around the universe people yeah. shouting about the force at you? <laughs> the, there is that one You're guy. Trying to recruit people like this. Yeah. It's not working. <laughs> <laughs> Put the sandwich board on. <laughs> There's um at Comic Con they have this the yellow sign people that come and stand and tell people that their best weekend ever is in sin and the one true superhero is Jesus or all that stuff. And the best, like, what I love about Comic-Con is, like, the creativity it breeds. And so now people come cosplaying as those people. <laughs> oh, wow. And stand next to them with signs and megaphones and the signs to say, don't listen to these assholes. have a great weekend. <laughs> 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 and it's just a fucking high-five fest. People just like... Such a bummer! It's like these people have travelled around the world to have a great weekend, yeah. and this is what I want to know. And this is like a statistical census thing. Who has ever seen a guy with a megaphone and a yellow sign and then gone, "Yeah, <laughs> God"? Like it's Why not. not that, yeah, like That's you hadn't heard of him them. before that moment. Yeah. You're like, "Hang on, who's this God you're shouting about?" Yeah, yeah. like when they have Jesus and on a sign on a bike, and I'm like. I've never, I've never been swayed by it, even though I've walked past the bike several times now. It's, uh, yeah. Maybe it was an 18 speed instead of a, I don't know. Um, so, the, the, you know, I love Green Girl Letters. It's, it's about bizarre complaints. And, you know, we've, we've done many of, um, not that many, Will, but you have been mentioned in the Green Guide a couple of times. I was very disappointed. It's not an insult, mate. It's a compliment to the fact that I have a career. <laughs> Had a, like a long career in television. <laughs> That's fine. I just I just don't want you to turn on me because okay. I you remember that, that I, I remember that Adelaide episode and um, yeah I had to ring Jackie and it was it was very upsetting. Um, <laughs> what happened? I don't want to bring it up. Um, well, then why'd you bring it up? <laughs> I mean, you make a fair point. It sounds like he wanted to bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds like a classic case of I don't want to bring it up, but actually bringing it up. I would like to edit my life right now. <laughs> <laughs> this elephant's just getting bigger and bigger. No, okay. yeah. well, he I mean, you're the one who invited me on the podcast. I just didn't come down to this basement and hijack being on here. So you're... <laughs> I, don't, I don't want a victim blame, but you were literally asking for it. <laughs> Did you have a threesome? <laughs> <laughs> I was the answer to both these questions. <laughs> It's tough to talk about because it is my cat Jerry's birthday. Oh, it's his birthday today. Today, very oh, day, and, and 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 the thing that there was there was some subtle reminders from everyone else on the panel about the lifespan of cats, yeah. and uh, oh. yeah, so it's it was. I don't know why I brought it up. It's short. Well, if it makes you. <laughs> 
If it makes you feel any better, still, I will tell you that since we did that podcast, uh, two of my three cats have died. So if there's any universal karmic punishment, it means that I mocked the death of your cat and in return the universe took two of my cats from me. So I've been punished enough. Please don't bring this up. Why'd you bring this up? <laughs> Take you, not the cats. <laughs> oh, come on. Right. Oh, that's a bit mean. The cats don't plug your podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the hard truth of content creation. But um, sometimes the complaints, uh, you know, about what someone's tie they're wearing or how they they pronounce a uh, a unit of measurement. But after doing a uh, a rock concert, I believe they're called. Uh, what are some of the more peculiar complaints that uh, you've received, Paul, as a musician? Oh, Jesus, where do I begin? Um, I looked at. The, I mean, the most common one is just, oh, it sounded like shit. And you know, there's I don't know a thousand, two thousand people. They're all standing in different places. So it's like, well, where were you standing? Oh, you know, behind the pillar you know, three quarters of the way back facing the wrong way with my shoes over my ears. You know, it's like, what? <laughs> You're asking for trouble. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I'd, yeah. Look, I don't know. I'm trying to think, are there any peculiar ones? I don't know. I remember going into the, going into the men's room after one show and uh, I was in a cubicle and, you know, the, li- listening to these two guys just having a, what'd you think? You know, how was that? Oh, you know, that was kind of shit. I fucking don't, don't know about when he was, you know, banging on about that thing. And, you know, you just <laughs> listened to a whole review of the show from these two drunk guys. Have you ever had a moment where you were trying to create a moment? I went and saw, you know, Lupe Fiasco, the rapper, and it was the night Obama was being inaugurated. It was the Enmore in Sydney. I bet you played there. It's a beautiful uh-huh. venue, right? And so he decides, you know, you know, black American guy, you know, wants to give a shout out to this bit of history that's happening across the world. So he like comes everybody down in the middle of this gig and he goes, I'd just like to acknowledge that thousands of miles from here, something I never thought would be happening is happening. And the whole audience is, you know, there with him, except yep. for this one drunk Aussie guy who just goes, we call it kilometres here, mate. <laughs> God, who would have thought that Arthur Coma was a Lupe fan? That's incredible. That's incredible. Well, it's interesting about the toilet thing because um, comedic legend Brad Oaks, who um, has just you know been doing comedy for for many uh, years in the Melbourne scene, who's been on the show many times, he had a thing like this sort of like Yoda wisdom, and it's like if you want to know what they really think. Straight after you set at the break, go into the toilet cubicle and just sit in there and you'll get the truth. Yep. Fuck that, man. I am holding (laughs) on till I get home. Yeah. (laughs) I I think the beginning of that sentence as well is like, if you want to know what they really think... No, not really. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't know. No. That's yeah. the real life version of don't read the comments. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I had a guy. I was at a, after a gig once. I was in the I was in the toilet in the cubicle, and this guy was at a sink with his mate, and he just started throwing water into the, my cubicle. <laughs> <laughs> he just started. He said, "Just his mate was there you going." Think it was water. Yeah, I hope so. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but, but yeah, he was just scooping it out of the sink and, and I, into my cubicles, just landing on me. And his mate's going, "Stop that, mate!" And then I, and I, it was just, I was just getting water on me, and I hadn't said anything. And he's just going, "Mate, are you in there?" And I'm like, I wasn't going to say, anything. I didn't want to say anything because I hadn't said anything in a while. And like, I can't. I'm like, this guy doesn't know how big I am. This guy doesn't know it's me. 
I could be huge, you know? And so I just like punched the, the cubicle door really hard and he sort of stopped for a while and then I think he started thinking, I don't know who's in there, this guy could be huge as well. But then he just started again. And then his mate left. Because he was huge. Yeah. And then he, and then I, and then, um, and then he just kept doing it. Eventually I just had to le- get out. So I, I, I just left the toilet and I was all wet and looked sad. And he, then he looked at me and he goes, sorry mate, and he walked out. <laughs> That was it. That was their interaction. It was just a. It was just a weird. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what to do with it. I've tried to write it to stand up, but it's not that great a story. <laughs> it's just. Probably should have told it. To be honest, the yeah. only way it could have ended well is if he was like a pastor or something and told you, you know, bless you, my son. And yeah, he'd just been baptized. Could have saved it. Yeah. Uh, well, welcome to the faith. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I just um, he left, and I stood there for a little while, um, trying to dry off, and then I left. Got on with my life. Uh, so this was after you performed. After I performed, yeah. Um, did he have like a? It, was, it wasn't a solo show though. It was part of a, a group. And um, did he like? Did he recognize? Like, was I he don't know. I don't know. He, he just walked out and had just looked like he felt sorry for me, and I felt sorry for me, and now I feel sad thinking about it. <laughs> Sorry. Didn't so, get to so, a so maybe your lesson from going into the cubicle was that he thought you're a bit dry or something. <laughs> let's, dry. let's wet him up. Yeah, that's um, thanks. I feel better about that. Still, thank you. Uh, <laughs> what about that other one? I don't know if you're talking. You, you went to the bathroom in the middle of a show. Oh, in Perth, yeah. I went to the. T- I had to go to the toilet really bad. because um, I, I, I just because I don't. You, know, you, you got off the stage. And we, went are you guys, to the do you guys don't get a bathroom break? Do you? Because you guys go for hours sometimes. So. Uh, yeah, yeah. We did one tour once where the show was three hours, so we actually did put a little 10 but minute interval in break. the middle of the set and sh- like with a short film played while we got off stage oh, for 10 really? minutes. Yeah. Three hours is a long time it's to be on stage. Time. Have uh, you had to go, Will? Uh, no. Like I find once I get on stage like that the desire to go to the bathroom goes away. I thought so too. Until the- Perth. <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry to interrupt. Um, no. <laughs> it was about 350 people. It was on a beach and I said... Um, I'm so Hang sorry. Hang on, I was on a beach. I was on a beach. Well, just no like, wonder. Like you were seeing water the whole that's time. True. That's going to trigger mis- you. First mistake. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it was, at and the, it was at the Fountain Festival yeah. and it was raining. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was getting sunburned. It was dumb. Anyway, uh, <laughs> it, was, it was just, it was this outdoor gig and I, I was doing my hour show and then I just said, oh, maybe 20 minutes in, I'm really sorry, I have to go to the bathroom real bad and I don't know what to do. And a lady... Everyone's was, waiting for the punchline. Yeah, exactly. And people sort of waited and I just said, I'm serious, I'm, I'm busting. I don't, I, I don't, I really don't know what to do. Would you guys mind if I just... I don't, I don't know. And then she... And then this lady in the front goes, just go. And I'm like, just... Just wet myself? She's like, no, no, go, go. Go to the... So I went round the back of the stage um, to a porta potty and brought the cordless mic with me. And then I just went to the toilet holding the mic saying, I'm so sorry. <laughs> You did a live piss commentary, yeah. and then I went and I came back out, and people were some most people were still there, <laughs> not all, <laughs> and uh, and then just did, did the rest of the show, huh? um, and then got got a, got a Nobel Peace Prize at the end. It was, uh, <laughs> no, it was yeah, it was weird. <laughs> at least it wasn't a cue. All of my stories just sort of peter out. I apologise. I'll work. On <laughs> <laughs> well, our mutual friend Clint, who plays drums oh, in something yeah. for Kate, has. A notoriously low tolerance for... He's a pea bladder. Yes, yeah. for liquid consumption. So it's is, unbelievable. Does he ever... Like, do you, like, let's just... Because there's that, that the, the, the musician thing of, like, at the end of the concert, you know, you wrap up. Yeah. But 
you've planned on more songs. Have you ever had to like, oh, we need to end the show at, at 45 and we'll do a, an hour encore? <laughs> I, I think the reason he plays drums the way he does, I don't know if anyone here has seen Clint play drums. He's like Animal from the Muppets. Very <laughs> physical, just non-stop the whole entire time. Um, and, you know, one could think that that's him just really getting into the rock and roll spirit of the thing or whatever. I, I think he's just trying to sweat as much as he possibly can. <laughs> he's discovered a way of, that he can be on stage, he can be somewhere for two hours and somehow evacuate moisture from his body <laughs> without having to visit a bathroom. Or maybe he's just got that I'm dying to go to... You know that, like, if you have to really desperately pee and then in that last two minutes as you're getting through the door to your house, getting to your bathroom, it all fucking intensifies in yep. a way and your whole body's jittering as you go in trying to keep it inside you. Yep. Maybe he's just got that for the first hour <laughs> and a half of yeah, the gig. The whole thing, <laughs> yeah. Which he refers to as uh, breaking the seal. Right. But the other thing is, he's got a drum kit that he can just piss behind. That's fine. Uh, yeah, yeah I know. And, and he like, sweats just have a so much. There, he sweats so much yeah. that there's a, you know there's a puddle back there anyway by the end of the show. If you, so if really, you, if you forgot that was your pee bucket though, and then you um you hit it and it spilled everywhere, it's <laughs> <laughs> one of the part of the kit. <laughs> I, I just can't wait to see your next show, Luke. And you've got like a drum kit on stage. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> going to do a little solo for you now, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys. How about we love some letters? Yeah. I, I was devastated to learn that because um, you know, like, I, I take a lot of joy and entertainment from the pun titles that the sub editor comes up with for all the letters, and I was just disheartened. That that would be the word, disheartened. That there hadn't been one like letter, like complimenting like Kate Ritchie or Kate somebody else that mentioned something for Kate. There, there has not been a something for Kate pun headline in the Green Guide. No, there has in the Age though. A couple of times when when Kate Blanchett won an Oscar, something for Kate. When Kate Middleton had her first child, something for Kate. Oh. Uh, Maya did a full-colour, full-page ad campaign in the age with Kate Sobrano as their ambassador. Something for Kate. We actually looked into that. Can they use our band name in an advertising campaign? Um, I don't know. It's, it, it's, it's happened. It's, I mean, apparently, uh, yes. Is well, <laughs> yeah. Or, or apparently, we're not going to fight that. <laughs> you know? Well, <laughs> if they can't, then Jet is in for a lot of lawsuits yeah, with a lot of yeah, airlines. It's that's exactly very profitable. It, yeah. Uh, what what has been like the most egregious use of a something for Kate pun? Oh look, I mean nothing egregious. I think you actually have to sort of just take it as a compliment and go, well, you know, something about our band name has entered into the kind of public consciousness, and I guess that's something we should be happy about. There is a um, a cake decorating business uh, in Sydney called Something for Cake. <laughs> Do you get free cakes at something for cake? I would want that. Yeah. At the very least. Yeah. I love a pun name for a shop. My favourite one I ever saw was a, like it was a, a van uh, in uh, Salamanca Markets in Tasmania and it was like an Indian curry van, but it was called Hey Hey, It's Satay Day. <laughs> <laughs> right. That is. That's awesome. <laughs> You'd have to sit and go, fuck yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That is awesome. Could you imagine if Maya did a sales campaign and it was just called Luke McGregor? That would be very disturbing. 
I, I mean, I'd, I'd probably try and get some discounts, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> we, we, do, we, we try to think of um, pun names for real estate agencies. Um, so Seals and I had, uh, when we were doing Rosehaven, so I had, uh, we had uh, Get Real Estate um, <laughs> and uh, we'll, um, we'll Move You. We'll move you um, and a, but a real estate agency has already got it, both those things. It's called Get Real Estate and We'll Move You. And Seals is like, they're running circles around us. <laughs> 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 Because we just can't think of anything. <laughs> it's not a good sign when a real estate agent is getting to jokes before. Yeah, you. they're beating us. They, yeah. we, got, we ended up hiring him as joke writers. Uh, so good. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, first up, let's let's dip into a, a classic letter. This is never good news for me or Luke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is uh, a, a new classic. A nouveau classic. It is from the 22nd of November, 2017. For those that would like to keep score, it was published on the internet at 11.56 (laughs) a.m. And it is titled, No Need for Speed. God, I hope this isn't about you, Will. Well, it would be incorrect headline. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> It'd be misleading the public. I'm not saying I have a need for it, but I'll have some if someone's offering <laughs> Those trucks don't drive themselves. All right. No need for speed. I was about to contact... Oh, sorry. I was about to contact the Guinness Book of Records to alert it of the world's fastest speaking actor, Luke McGregor. <laughs> However, he now has stiff competition from his Rosehaven co-star, Celia Bacola, who's catching up fast. Please, you two, slow down. You're obviously charming and funny, but I have no idea what you're saying half the time. (laughs) (laughs) That's from Diana Greentree in Preston. Do you, do, you want to do, <laughs> do you think that, he was at the? She was at the gig where you're like, I've got to go to the toilet, all right, real quick. Go, no, real quick. no, that that was a that was a genuine complaint um, from the first season that uh, I actually got told by my manager, by the uh, by people working on the show, by the sound guy. Um, Your I, manager's Diana Greentree. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's she, she is. Um, no, it was people were coming, um, you know, uh, very nicely even saying. Hey Luke, we can't we can't understand what what you're saying, and it's turn the jokes. <laughs> it was just they we just they just said like, we can't understand what you're saying, and it was um and I I, I then I listened to it back because in in um when we because we you do ADR to additional dialogue recording, you you, you record back over your dialogue right, that the, the, that gets a car drive over it or whatever. I'm desperately trying to keep up with. Oh, this. Sorry, <laughs> yeah. sorry. Anyway, Celia would always get like one page of lines she has to redo and then I would get like 700 pages. Uh, pretty much the whole script uh, having to go back over. Um, so I've started but, taking... But how does that work if you slow it down? Well... Your mouth on the show would have stopped talking. I was mumbling and I was speaking too fast and I was... Anyway, I've started taking speech therapy classes uh, and I've started... So I, I've made a considered effort to slow down. What usually happens is I just speak fast and then stop for a second. <laughs> And then start again, but it's still fast. Um, but just with a pause in the middle. Um, sporadic. Sporadic, yeah. It's, um, 
But, uh, yeah, that was a real thing. It was a complaint from not just people writing into the show, but also um, at people on sound. Um, you, just, you just need to get a role in an Aaron Sorkin production. Yeah, I do. Like one every single character in all of his things, they're, they're all like coke-addled geniuses who speak at a middle million miles an hour and every, everything is incredibly clever and, and funny and whip-smart. And exactly. And annoying. And failing that, um, yeah. just some subtitles on the next season. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it was yeah it was something that I I, um, I I sort of got taken aside by a few people and we had a Luke you need to fix your vo- speaking intervention type thing yeah God because I, I I was like I didn't I didn't think I was and then I listened to the, I watched the rushes and I'm like I actually can't understand what I'm saying uh, and I'm like if I can't understand then um, such and such from wherever she was is probably not going to understand it either uh, it explains yeah. why they're called rushes though. It's true, uh, and uh, and nice, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so no, it was a real thing, um, and hopefully season two was better. But she's, but by the sounds of things, she's actually talking about season two, so it hasn't gotten better. <laughs> she's still watching though. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Yeah, it's, it's a mystery, mystery show. <laughs> I'm shocked, guys. I've you know, obviously done many of these episodes, and when we have people that have had letters written about them, mostly the response breaks it down to, like, the fuck-off person that wrote the letter. <laughs> but you actually went to therapy. You, this, this letter has, has had a deep impact. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I, uh, I, try, I tried to think of a joke about the movie Deep Impact, but I couldn't think of one, so I'm just going to keep it. Yes, it was something that I, I've actively tried to fix because I, I, I noticed it myself. I wasn't... Either that or you're just trying to make this woman feel terrible. The truth is I actually wrote the letter so I could get, uh, <laughs> so I could get tax-deducted uh, speech therapy classes. <laughs> but the show is great. The Thanks. show is I great. like the way you talk. Thanks, buddy. I like Me everything too. about you, Luke. Uh, yeah, you know what? On behalf of Luke, I'd like to say, fuck you, letter writer. <laughs> <laughs> you don't try to change a fucking genius like Luke McGregor. Your letter was written too slowly. How about that, you fucking stupid? <laughs> Thank you, buddy. I appreciate that. Uh, Living in Preston. Fuck you. She's, um, she's actually my speech therapist now. Oh, sorry. sorry. <laughs> No, 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 no. I take it all back. Well, as I, I just like to do some math, because as uh, Luke also got that suggestion from his manager, and as you share the same management, would you like to? Oh, send my that? my management know better than to give me suggestions. <laughs> I, uh, is that what you're asking? Yeah. What's you, the difference should, between Luke and I? Yeah, no. <laughs> Oh, so I say fuck you, my management as yeah, well. Is that what, what you're what, asking for? Yeah, that's what. That's yeah, what. yeah, I'm big and powerful enough to do that. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I like it that you're aware of your power. Yeah, it's fine. I don't work for them; they work for me. I, uh, <laughs> I'm not getting 15 percent of their money. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> Correct. <laughs> <laughs> Well, what's the strangest suggestion that you've ever been given, Paul? Uh, oh. <laughs> strangest. Um, I remember our first manager, and uh, I would have been like 19 years old, and um, I bought a pair of like black leather shoes. Um, and <laughs> I wore them. I don't know, the, the first time our manager saw them, he, just, he looked, at, looked down at the shoes and looked up at me and said, it's too early. <laughs> Brutal. Huh? <laughs> I was like, "What do you mean?" He's like, "The kids, kids won't get it." I'm like, "What are you talking about?" 
He's just like, I don't know, serious, serious shoes. <laughs> they're just, they're shoes. Anyway, that conversation uh, what was the precipitated a, you know, he wasn't our manager for too much longer, but that was one of a, one of a few episodes. The same guy who suggested we all wear uh, over jumpsuits at one point. Oh, really? Um, yeah. So yeah, he, maybe he was a little yeah. bit too hung up on the appearance of the band. I um, mean, he went on to manage the Beastie Boys and it went really yeah. well for them. <laughs> but I... <laughs> I love a bit of like yeah, when someone's really full on about something that like clearly has nothing to do with what it is. Yep. Like I love a firm opinion. There's a famous Hollywood book about pe- the notes that people get on their scripts and it's called An Alien Wouldn't Say That. Oh, wow. Huh? And it's because a bit of feedback came on a script where they'd written some alien dialogue and the note from the network was, <laughs> oh, an alien wouldn't say that. How the fuck would you know, mate? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you work at SETI or something. <laughs> What, what about, have you ever gotten some comedy advice that was like, in retrospect, maybe uh, not that legit? Um, comedy advice that was in retrospect not that legit. In the toilet after the show? Uh, I don't think so. I, can't, I, I mean, I once got a, a review that uh, said that our TV show was much like the death of a, uh, it was like the death of a much-loved family pet. Yeah. <laughs> Which I take this reminder to you that life is precious steel and enjoy the moments you have with Jerry. So, I, uh... <laughs> you can't go back at me. Two dead cats in the last year. Does Jerry this have an pain to talk about? <laughs> Jerry's fine. And Jerry Jr. will be equally as lovely. you brought it up (laughs) and I don't want to bang on about it but you know your friends have had the conversation like what's going to happen to steel have you got have you got a plan like Like, a a... uh, yeah it's a conversation that steel's friends have when steel's not around And also now, when he's around. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's called breaking hey, the hey. seal. <laughs> <laughs> now we're just pissing everywhere. You'd have one already, you'd have one that very similar looking that you've been training up, haven't you? So you can just replace it on the oh, I mean, if I sound like a hardened, you know, person who's buried some cats, then that's because I have. It's... Uh, <laughs> I've been there. <laughs> a lot oh, of Den- Densey knows where the cats are buried, if you know what I mean. <laughs> a lot of homemade guitars in the early days. I, uh... <laughs> Those strings have got to be made out of something. <laughs> Sadness is entertaining. <laughs> All right. Exclusive or banal? Uh. <laughs> banal is a good gringo lettuce yeah, word. That's it's got anal in it. <laughs> Does that just get you in the mood to like count the nation's popularity again or population? Well, yeah, no. yeah. Okay. Exclusive or banal? Good point. Uh. All right. The last promo for the nines, the footy show promises the exclusives that no one else gets. Is this distinct from the ones that everyone gets? 
One can only hope their excuses are as noteworthy as their duologies. And that is from Rowan Forrester, Surrey Hills, who is now a regular letter writer, I have noticed. But, um... Was that... Were, were as noteworthy as their duologies? Was that the last part? There you go. Was as no... Oh, oh tautologies. tautologies. Yeah, sorry. Sometimes the voice gets things wrong. No, no, it's fine. No, it's, really, it's, really, it's really soothing. Uh-huh. <laughs> Still thinks the voice is a different person now. It's become sentient. <laughs> Do you think we could get two for one on our speech therapy? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I, uh, I'm worried about... If, um, uh, I could think of something funny. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Sorry. 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 <laughs> I when you when we, we we did the first podcast together that voice that you do did you do it on the first one as well have you already have you already created the the green guide voice no it, it sort of evolved I I, I don't know the how many episodes in did the voice like is there a, a official episode where it's like full voice and was it was there an accident involved that then you just decided to keep no I think I just I had the idea for it but I just getting I I thought it was a bit too much of a stretch to convince people of the concept of the podcast mm. and then do the voice as well. I thought that was layering it on right. a bit thick. Because right. admittedly, you know, as we've talked about a few times, when you came to do the first podcast, you thought you were coming to make fun of a letter I- about environmental tips. Well, I thought, it was, I thought the podcast was about environmental tips. Uh, <laughs> the green guy had to be green, a guide to being green. No, I, thought it was sort of, I, thought that, I thought it was about environmental tips, so... Um, and I, wa- I walked away with none. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, mate. Sorry. Uh, so how many episodes in did the voice come? I'm interested in this. I think maybe about a dozen. Because I did actually, when I went to do the voice the first time, I was like, oh, yeah, Dempsey, I didn't have the voice when he was on, so this might be a shock to him, oh, that what's okay. about to happen. That it's like, why has my friend gone through reverse puberty? But... Um, <laughs> How do you feel about those first 11 episodes? Do you feel like they're not real I Love Green Guide episodes or do you feel like they're still part of the canon? Would you like to kind of be able to erase them and start from when the voice started or are you okay with that? No, I'd like to take a leaf out of George Lucas's book, go back. Oh, digitally and remaster? Yeah, do, some, <laughs> do up some special editions. Yeah, yeah, and put some bloody environmental tips in there. <laughs> But the weird thing was, when we first started, like, I, when it was Harley and Luke did the first episode, and I think maybe the first episode went for, like, 35 minutes, and we talked about every letter. <laughs> and then it got to a point where, like, Lawrence Mooney would come on, talk for 90 minutes, and then we'd go, oh, we should have done a letter on that one. <laughs> so, how things change. But I would like to go back and, and, and do a, a special edition. I feel, uh, so this is my 22nd comedy festival in a row, but I've done 23 uh, solo shows and one of them doesn't have a will pun in it. And it Mm. fucking bugs me all the fucking time. (laughs) Like, all the time. That one fucking show. What was that show called? Diet Life. It was my first ever show. Ah. And then the next year it was I Am The Wilderness. And then from then on it's been like will puns. And that one fucking show annoys the shit out of me. That's so I would be a George Lucas and go back and fuck it up forever. That's, that's who's going to invent a time machine. It's going to be someone who wants to change the world. It's going to be someone who's like thought of a comeback to his bully in year yep. six and he just wants to get him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's just obsessed with it. So it was what titled, would you call it? 
Oh, fuck. Oh, no, I haven't thought about that. Okay. <laughs> Wouldn't it be like, I am the Will Walrus? What do you mean? Willrus. Willrus. Yeah, you just, just change it into Will. You just will it up. And you go, what are you talking about? Hang on, what did you say? No, what was the show called? The, the first one was called Diet Life. Why did I get... Where did I get... Because the second one was called I am the Willrus. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you just weren't listening. <laughs> Would you like to use a time machine to go back 30 seconds? Yeah. <laughs> Cats have nine lives. That's all I'm thinking about. Right. Yeah, but you don't get to experience each of them with him. <laughs> <laughs> you brought it up. I'm, I didn't even want to talk about this. I lost two cats this last year. This is a really painful topic for me. Why did you even bring this up? This is horrible. <laughs> the exclusive that everyone gets. Yeah. I, I don't. Um, uh, can I, it's not... I'm not uh, look. I, I'm not here to defend the footy show to anyone, but I am here to defend jokes to people who don't get jokes. That promo was a joke because in the football world, it's become very famous that every single article in every single newspaper is called an exclusive, uh, regardless of whether the story has been around for ages. So th I think they were playing on the idea that everything's called an exclusive now will actually have exclusives. I don't want to I don't want to be a footy show apologist. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I feel bad even wading into this area, but I think the letter writer is incorrect. Or, or they just they think it's an exclusive if it comes out of a particular individual's mouth. Like, it's true. that person's yeah. only going to say it here. Someone else is saying it over there, but only that person is saying it here. And that's a Paul Dempsey exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> um how have you, you're spending every morning with Eddie now? How, how is, I am. How is uh, life? I am contractually not allowed to talk about this. Really? No. <laughs> no, but to your credit, it's very, it, it's, it's very interesting that you're sort of. You, you make like tofop and fofop, which is sort of, you know, like the on the cutting edge of, of media and you get to say whatever you want, you know. What you're asking, I guess, is how do you have a podcast but also a career? And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is a delicate balance, but possible if you put the work into it. <laughs> How about we change topics by talking about the lifespan of pets, okay? Sure. Well, I think what everyone's asking is, what is the lifespan of podcasts? Hey, they're forever, man. They're forever. Whew. Whew. All right. Let's go to this one. Sense and sensibility. What, what would you imagine that's about? Isn't that a, isn't that a show? Sense and sensibility, isn't that a TV show? Oh, that you're falling into the trap to thinking of the most obvious thing. What about the census? Is it about the census? <laughs> is it about the, the threesome at the census? <laughs> no, what is it? We can only hope. Sense and sensibility. Thank goodness Leland Chin has not been asked to or has refused to walk across a semi-darkened studio before standing in front of a desk to read the news. She is sensibly sitting in her chair, ready to read the news as the news reader should be. <laughs> That's from Charles Scott of Harcourt North. 
That is some interesting Lee Lin Chin fan fiction. Yeah. I like it. This one I do agree with, I've got to say to you, because um, when we first did Gruen a decade ago, uh, originally <laughs> Andrew Denton had this whole idea that I would have to like walk out and then just walk to the front and people would like clap and cheer and then I would walk to the desk and we would start the show and I hated it. I mm. absolutely hated it because I was like, I've done nothing. There's no reason for these people to applaud. Can't yeah. we just start the show? We I was, the I was here. And we start the show. Yeah. It's fine. And it like took a whole season. Like if people watch the early episodes, I walk out at the start and I would have that argument every fucking week. So I'm with this. I'm like, why does Lee Lee Chen have to... She doesn't have to walk across the studio. Why do we have to have this facade that she yeah. just turned up? Right. Yeah. She didn't just turn up. She's, like, been, in she's been here for ages. She's I been know. in rehearsal. Yeah. What the yeah. fuck are you doing? I started the newscast. I'm so sorry I'm so, late. So, so sorry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uber. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it should just be on your mark. Go. Yeah. Right. You know, none of this walking in bullshit. Would you walk, do you walk out and pick up your instruments or do you walk out with the instruments? Uh, we. <laughs> it's, good, it's a good question, actually. That is a good um, question. It's a tough call for Quinn. I like it. Yeah, no, we, we walk out. We, they get handed to us. Oh, like, oh you, so yeah. You, yeah. Hang on, you're already on stage and then someone walks We've got to walk onto the stage and there's like someone there, you know. Puts the guitar over you and away you go. Does that make it hard for people to relate to you though? Because that's it. Well, the, the, <laughs> the, the thing is there that, like. <laughs> I'm not sure that rock stars are going for people to relate to them either. Yeah, yeah, that's why Ed Sheeran's the most relatable of all rock stars because he doesn't do any of that because he just straps it all to his back and plays it all himself. Yeah. Dude, Dude, you're going to hate seeing the Wu Tang Clan. It, it, I'm just thinking about a comedian who starts on stage and then some guy comes out and gives him a mic. Thank you, sir. Uh, and you yeah. start The <laughs> thing is that I guess in our st- situation, the, the guitar is like plugged into the amp, so you can't, you know, the, the cable is only so long. You can't. You're right. I'm sorry for making yeah. fun. <laughs> but <laughs> um, but um, it does, does remind me of, of one time, one tour we did, we had a, um, uh, a stage guy, you know, the guy who was handing me the guitar when I walked out up to the mic, and, and I'm six foot six. Uh, so he had to, and he was really, really short. This guy was probably five foot. Um, so he had to, he actually had a milk crate that he would get on <laughs> each night to set, set up my mic and, you know, check one, two into it, make sure it was working. And so he'd, he'd get on the milk crate to do that. Um, and, it, and it got to the point where we'd be backstage waiting to go on and, and we knew that we had about three minutes to go because we would hear the front row pissing themselves laughing <laughs> at, at Christian pulling out the milk crate. You'd hear this raucous laughter and I was like, yeah, Christian's setting up the mic. It's time to go on. <laughs> I remember seeing Tenacious D when they first uh, toured Australia. So they're that kind of combination of like doing a rock show but also a kind of wink parody of a rock show and Jack Black did have this like running joke where he'd knock over the mic stand and the roadie would run out and put the mic stand up and then as soon as he ran off he'd knock down the mic stand and they literally did it for the whole night and it never stopped being entertaining. You know that Milk Crate is the ownership of the the Pura Milk Company and it's kind of... No, I don't tell Christian that. (laughs) But do you... So what, what are your steps... Do you know what I mean? You, you, are you at the comedy theatre this year? Uh, no, Athenaeum. Athenaeum. It's a big theatre. What steps are you taking to like relate to the people? Not distance yourself now that you're in this big theatre. Uh, I apologise a lot uh, for my... <laughs> <laughs> goes to the bathroom on stage. Uh, yeah, go to the bathroom on stage. Um, I'd have, I, I had, this, this is a side story, I suppose. When I was in Adelaide at the Fringe... Um, Can you say all of that again? Sorry. Yeah, sorry. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
It'll be the podcast. This is a side story, but when I was in Adelaide during the French, <laughs> he's really easy from side on. I don't know what you're talking about. Sorry, sorry. Uh, <laughs> I, I had a um, I had a panic attack on stage. Like I just started hyperventilating, um, and it was I, I was always and I, I just and I, I ended up having to sit down next to a in the audience and just say, guys, I'm so sorry, I'm having a I'm having a panic attack. I'm hyperventilating because I started to get pins and needles all over my body. So I sat down in the crowd, and this um, big guy with a beard just just rubbed my head until I was okay again. <laughs> and the crowd, they were lovely. And then I got back on stage and did the rest of the show. But um, I don't know if you if you're listening, buddy. Um, I'd really appreciate it if you came to more shows. <laughs> <laughs> but have you ever had a show like that? Like I remember our you, the first show you ever did. That we drove up from Rosebud to come see you play at um, the Punters Club. That's right. Which now wow. sells very discounted pizzas. Yeah, sadly. And I was very excited that my friends were in a band and I was kind of confused as well because I was like, I had no idea what sort of music you were going to play. So <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was very interesting. And I, I, I think afterwards I went up to him and said, Oh, yeah, I actually really liked it. I was thrilled. I was, I was very happy. But there was one point in the show where there was an issue with the um, uh, someone's instrument. I can't remember which person's instrument. And there was an awkward, like, minute or so. Yep. And, again, I'm the dude who suggested they call the album and have co- on the cover have porn. So this is my level of comedy. And... They're paused. I can tell that they're having a bad time. So from the back of the room, I just yell out, We want Chili Willy! I do remember that. <laughs> uh, yes. Um, yeah, we did that. Uh, that was our shtick for years. Just problems on stage. I mean, they, they were real problems. <laughs> but, but we just saw no point. We were just bad at hiding it. I think like when you are really a professional... Uh, and you are having issues on stage, the part of the thing about being a professional is that you just keep on going and, and just try not to even acknowledge that something isn't going right because most of the time the audience doesn't know. And if you just keep on going, then no one will ever know. It took us years to learn that. We used to just openly fight and scream at each other and, <laughs> and like, yeah, just really fuck with each other on stage. Like, what the fuck are you doing? You know, and we would have screaming matches and, uh, and I, people seemed to like it. <laughs> people, kept, people kept coming to see us we thought it was because of our music it was possibly because it was like going more well, like watching the Jerry Springer show oh, I think a bit of both there was an era of Australian rock music where that seemed to be an intrinsic part of going to see a band yeah. I remember going to see Augie March oh, I knew you were going to say <laughs> Augie March I was just, I was, <laughs> you'd just take bets on how long the show would go before the complaints started it was yes. unreal yeah. yeah they're great friends of ours and um you know, and they're still doing it. Yeah. Like they've, they've been around as long as something for Kate. We played a lot of our first shows together and both bands very similar. But yeah, Augie March are like a dysfunctional family. Uh, they love each other very much, but they, yeah, they, st- they still get on. And that's one of the wonderful things about going to see them is that like when they're on, they are the greatest live band on earth. Um, the, the other times, it's equally as entertaining, but it's because they are just tearing shreds off each other on stage. 
Well, that's like that band, Brian Jonestown Massacre. Oh, they're yeah. touring Australia again in a couple oh, of months. Oh, really? Yeah, I've seen them a heap of times. One of the most entertaining nights. A, they're a great band. But B, like some nights you'll see them play four songs in two hours as they argue with each other. <laughs> Anton, who's the lead singer, yes. um, he once came into Triple J when I was there and we were interviewing him at nine. He, we, we told him he could bring in you know, his own music and we'd do a little interview. He brought in a full bottle of vodka and a bottle of Ribena and in that hour managed to drink both. Oh, my God. And I was like, well, at least he's got the Ribena for his health. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, it was fucking crazy. Yeah, so there's this awesome documentary called Dig, Mm. and it's about them and... The Dandy Dandy Warhols. Warhols. Dandy Warhols, and about their sort of different paths through show business and how one was doing, like, stadiums and the other was doing heroin. It's it's, it's such a good movie. And so when they played at the Hi-Fi, or when it was called the Hi-Fi, we were like... Oh yeah, let's hope there's a flaw. And the people walked out just like going, oh, yeah. they played the whole set. He didn't, <laughs> yeah. And he, did, he didn't kick anyone in the face. Yeah, it was so disappointing. Yeah. But um, well, you should have seen him at the Garlic Club in Sydney then. <laughs> Four songs, two hours. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of Ribena. <laughs> but the one cool thing they did do, or cool as in really unprofessional, but I admire it, was Anton, they went to play the next song and he was just gone. <laughs> and they walked, they worked out that he'd just gone out into the alley for a cigarette. <laughs> just phantomed. In the middle of his set. Man, Ghosty. We, uh, we, wouldn't, we wouldn't get away with that. <laughs> Speak for yourself, uh, Luke. True, yeah, true. Does anyone remember, does anyone ever go to uh, the Empress in North oh, yeah. Fitzroy? Yeah. And on the stage there, I don't think they have gigs anymore, but when they used to have gigs, the, there was a little door at the back of the stage that led out onto the street. Uh, a friend of mine was in a band called Legends of Motorsport and uh, at the climax of, of one of their sets there was just wailing feedback and everyone's going crazy. The guitarist actually just opened the door, went out onto the street. A whole lot of people ran out of the venue and out of the front bar to kind of <laughs> see what he was doing. He took his guitar out into the gutter, still feeding back through the amp the whole bit, band still going crazy. Throws his guitar on the ground right in front of where his car just happened to be parked and then drove back and forth over the guitar. (laughs) It's it's just the most rock and roll thing ever. Like, what a way to end a gig. It's like Jimi Hendrix had his fucking lighter fluid and his lighter, you know, setting the guitar on. I reckon, you know, backing over your guitar a few times in the Kingswood trumps that. There should be a plaque. Totally. Yeah. And the band's called Legends of Motorsport. Perfect. <laughs> you know. Uh. What have you ever seen? Like, I, I saw Nick Cave at the Greek Theatre in LA um, yep. a couple of months ago, and he like went into the crowd and sang a song and sort of climbed on people, and uh, you know, I, I, I sort of you know work out that that's something that they probably do every show, and it's yep. part of the act and stuff. Have you ever seen one of those? like audience interaction things like go terribly wrong. Can I tell one while you're thinking oh, about please, it? Yeah. Uh, spider bait, Sydney big day out. Cram goes out into the audience, starts crowd surfing, tries to get back up on the stage. The bouncer thinks he's just a punter from the audience. <laughs> <laughs> and starts punching him as Cram's going, I'm in the band! <laughs> True story. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that one's hard to top. (laughs) All right. 
How about this one? Still seeing red, which is a common theme in uh, the past few Green Guide letters. People red are, Simons. People are just missing this Red Simons. I agree with Laurie Bradley. Letters, March 1st. The ABC has made a huge blue. Well, that is a good part. Oh, well done. Yeah, that is good. <laughs> no. Like Laurie, I enjoyed Red Simons and stayed on by default to listen to AM and John Fane. Despite many attempts, I was unable to endure the inane drivel. One of the greatest of all the Green Letters words. Of Red's replacements and went elsewhere for the entire morning listening. And that is from Laurie Worf. In Mount Eliza. I don't know what is that term. Well, look, I'm really conflicted about this letter, to be honest with you, because I actually think the new ABC team are fantastic and they deserve, uh, you know, some people giving them a chance to settle into what is a really fucking hard job and people have firm opinions about. But as someone who also has a radio show available in that time slot... (laughs) 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 I would like to say, fuck yeah, they are doing a bad job and come over... (laughs) How, how much how much hatred did you get when you when you took over the breakfast team? Uh-huh. Uh, at Triple J, yeah. we used to answer our own phones, and so because oh, uh, this is well, it was before social media, but we didn't have a we had one producer, so like you know you like if we were doing a phone topic or whatever, Adam and I would also answer the phone so that we could get to people. And fair to say, you got some full frank and honest feedback about <laughs> your performance. Yeah, it was... Oh, my God. It's pretty harsh. You get a few death threats. That's the one that always is weird. Death like, threats. yeah, people take it pretty personally for a while. And, like, it's always, like, also at Triple J, because you see it with each generation. Every new breakfast show gets that same sort of backlash against it. And then, eventually, they get used to you, and then they take out that hatred on the ones who follow you. It's always it's the same every time. It's hatred, yeah. and then they start to fall for them, and then they love them, and then it's like, it's impossible if no one else can but, do it, and then the next no, thing gets a... But that's not Triple J. That's ABC. Like, yeah. it's, it's the ongoing thing. Like, you know, what we had, like, with Costa... And then people were like bumming on Costa. And then when I go back into the archives, it was like the person they wanted back, it was like they were getting complained about as well. So they're very, very set in their ways. Did you get, when you started on Triple M, any death threats from any disgruntled Mick Malloy fans? Uh, I would have taken them a bit more seriously. (laughs) 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 I mean, it's more... When a Triple J fan threatens to kill you, you're like, ah, you know what, they're probably not gonna. But when a Triple M fan threatens to kill you, you're like, fuck it, they probably have the stuff in their shed to do that. (laughs) 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 But it is quite a different... Like, it's... um, Sammy and who else is Sammy on with? Just Center. Yeah, they, they do seem quite different than Red Simons. Like, it yeah. Is, so like you're it you're saying a Pakistani-born Australian and a woman are different to one guy? <laughs> <laughs> you, you sort of spin it that it sounds like I'm saying something bad, but yes. I am <laughs> saying that. I had to like go through the math, and I'm like, yeah. 
Yes, that is how I feel. That is very. Well, sick. they are very different. Obviously, they've gone with a different thing. Mm. Yeah. Uh, did you? Do you ever do like red faces, like a judge or anything like that? Was uh, that never did time? red faces. I've told this story a million times before. The only time I did hey hey at Saturday, I was playing one of those competitions uh, where you know you bring in something for home, and each of the three contestants has to like pretend that the thing is theirs, but only one of them is true. That was the game, right? We're all behind a curtain as it's about to go up. Very much like this. It's me sitting here. It's Kamal sitting here, and it's. <laughs> Comedian Greg Fleet sitting there, and as the curtain is what about, what a squad! I know, right? Yeah. And as the curtain is about to go up, Kamal looks at Fleet, he looks at me, and I swear on my family's life, says something that in this day and age I feel bad saying out loud. But he goes, "You know, fellas, we look like a Vegemite sandwich." <laughs> 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 and he said it at the exact moment that the curtain went up. So literally the first shot you saw was just Kamal looking proud of himself and me and Fleety with our heads in our laps laughing. <laughs> Please take our guest Will Anderson, Paul Dempsey, Luke McGregor. Will Anderson, you are, um, are as comedy festival as comedy festival can be. Tell us uh, where your show is on. Uh, I have a show called Will Eagle. It's all about my arrest on the way to Wagga Wagga. The entire show uh, happens from when I leave home on the Saturday to when I get home on the Sunday night. Uh, it is meant to be a 70-minute show. At some stage, I'm hoping that it will be that short. Uh, <laughs> Has not quite made it yet. 75 last night, getting closer. So, <laughs> At what point when that all happened, were you like, oh yeah, festival show's on its way? Uh, as people will know in the show, but not while it was happening. It was a pretty traumatic thing to go through, uh, but this process of turning it into a show for other people has certainly helped with that idea. Like, there was a point eight months ago when I was getting arrested where I was like, I really wish this hadn't happened. And there was a point about three weeks out from the festival where I was like, fuck, thank fuck that happened. <laughs> I don't know what else I would have talked you about were, this year. You weren't you were like there with the police trying to get a selfie going, can I use this for the poster? <laughs> oh, they're coming to the show. They oh, said, no shit. Yeah, That's awesome. I talk about it in the show, but they sent me a Facebook message to, um, you know, say, can we come along... Uh, to the show and uh, I was like oh yeah of course you can come to the show and I said I offered them free tickets and um, they said oh we can't take them because we're police and I was like ah perfect crime (laughs) 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 that's great Uh, Paul a new album coming soon oh yeah working on it I wouldn't say soon but yeah that's yeah is it called porn is it (laughs) (laughs) finally Hit me up if you need a title. Uh, yeah, yeah. And Mr. McGregor. Uh, I'm just doing three shows, just a repeat of last year. So if you've already been last year, don't come. Uh, or if you came time. last year and you only understood every second sentence. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I leave Great all t- opportunity for return business. Yeah, I would l- listen to it with a bit of speech therapy yeah, to enjoy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's a longer show. It's a longer show. It's uh, two hours now. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, so it's just it's just three. I'm just doing three. It's just a repeat of last year. Don't don't even worry about it. Don't even. <laughs> if you like apologies, uh, yeah. top sizzle, top sizzle. Uh, we have got uh, two more shows tomorrow night. Is a late show at ten forty-five, and then Monday afternoon at. 4pm, so if you're around, come see those for some fun new guests and letter-loving. Thank you guys so, so much. I am Steel Saunders, and I do love Green Guide Letters!
Hey guys, thanks so much for listening and maybe even watching half of this really fun live episode from the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. I really appreciate you checking it out. If you are a new listener, maybe Will or Paul or Luke brought you in for this episode, there are a ton of back episodes with all those guys. So many Luke McGregor episodes, so many Will Anderson episodes, and Dempsey is in, I think it's episode 8, and we keep the full episodes of the last 25 shows up, and leave highlight clips of the episodes past that. But if you want to hear the full episodes of any of these shows, any and all, for a month, it is just $1 on Patreon, and that unlocks all our 200 and something, something, hour-long-plus episodes with so many great guests. Also, if you enjoyed Paul talking about his experiences in the band, how it relates to the complaints in Green Guide Letters, check out our episode with Will from the Smith Street Band, which is still on the main feed. A fascinating and hilarious chat. If you enjoyed the brief mention of Star Wars in a comedic setting, you should check out my other podcast, Steel Wars. We do live comedic Star Wars episodes all the time, along with covering all things in Star Wars fandom from a fun, tongue-in-cheek, yet passionate angle. And if you've never heard an episode of the show, I really recommend you checking out our full-length, hour-long interview with Ben Mendelsohn. Mendo absolutely kills it. And of course, if you're on social media, oh, we so appreciate it when you pod it forward. Giving us a bit of a retweet or a vouch really helps us pick up new listeners and also dropping a sweet five-star review on iTunes really helps us bump us up the rankings and vouch for new listeners to check us out. And actually, while I've got you, is there many people in LA? Would we have enough people listening in LA to do a live show? Tweet me at I Love GG Letters and let me know. I still have two more Comedy Festival episodes to drop, and I'm hoping to get them out in the next couple of weeks. Thank you guys so much. And hopefully, we'll see you next week.